You are listening to episode 44 of the Lewis and Kyle show with Evan Carmichael. I think your purpose comes from your pain. So once you struggle through something and you find, uh, you know, the how to get out, you then want to keep doing it and teach other people how to do it too. So modeling success was the thing that got me out of the hole I was in with my company. So what have I done for the past 20 years? Same thing, modeling success. I'm, I'm trying to teach you what I'm learning from Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and Bill Gates and all these people. Hello and welcome to the Lewis and Kyle show. If you're new here, welcome. We're really grateful that you chose to listen to our podcast. Lewis and I are college students at the University of Alabama, sharing what we learned from conversations with super smart people. We've had entrepreneurs, rappers, programmers, CEOs, and more on our show to talk with us. Our goal in these conversations is to uncover the principles that led to their success and share the best ideas that we find with you, our audience. Today, we have Evan Carmichael on our show. Evan believes in entrepreneurs. At 22, he was a venture capitalist raising 500,000 to $15 million after successfully exiting his own startup. Now he runs a YouTube channel for entrepreneurs with over 2 million subscribers and 400 million views. Yeah, we recorded this conversation on Thanksgiving morning, which was pretty fun for us. We did just a short 25 minutes or so with Evan. He has this video on his channel, which is if you're about to interview him, this is what you should know. And he says, treat this like a private coaching call, because that is how, from what I've learned, will be the greatest benefit to both yourselves and your audience, because we'll get to know you as the hosts better. So we took him up on that uh, that challenge and kind of just had a private conversation with him, asking him what were our personal most uh, driving questions. And he, he shares his answers on that. It's a 20 minute conversation, super fun, super high energy, because Evan, uh, I think he bounces on a trampoline when he does podcasts, believe it or not, which is pretty, pretty interesting. And those of you on video can kind of watch him bounce, which is cool. But it's a fun conversation, short and sweet. And I hope you all will enjoy it. Evan, thank you very much for coming on our show. We're really excited to have you. Thanks for love, guys. Good to be here. Awesome. Uh, so my first question for you and uh, it kind of plays in your story while reading about you and, and looking into you you know there's this character that i think is, is really beautiful and that is uh mrs far so could you tell me a little bit about what mrs far meant to you and um how someone can find their own mrs far or if they have to be be their own yeah this is great i, I don't think i've ever been asked this question so what a great one to kind of lead off on so mrs far was was a high school mentor of mine where Going through high school, my parents kind of expected me to get A's and my sisters all got A's and I was getting B's and C's pretty consistently. Uh, I wasn't failing out of school. I could do it, but I just never really applied myself. And then in my last year of high school, we get assigned a teacher mentor. And I didn't even know what that meant, but basically they said, hey, yeah, you got a teacher mentor. If you have questions or you're struggling or you know you want to meet up, then here's a teacher who can kind of guide you or mentor you and most students never actually met with their teacher mentor <laughs> they didn't really do anything with them and mrs far said okay let's just start meeting weekly I said okay i just thought it was normal that this is what you do so every you know thursday morning whatever it was that we would meet before school started and she would just help me and ask me how i was doing and give me some guidance and suggestions and believed in me and it was one thing to have my parents believe in me. They always you know, thought I could do anything, but somebody who's kind of related in the world. So she was actually teaching there, believing in me and, and not giving me hacks or anything. It was just really the extra belief that then that last year I got straight A pluses. 
then got a full you know scholarship to university and all that stuff, which I I I, I thought I can get a university and now this is 20 years ago, so people may not want to be going to university anymore, but <laughs> 20 years ago is still a thing. Um, yeah. And so I think it was super helpful to have somebody who believed in me. And I think every step along the way, whenever I doubted myself, whenever I felt like it wasn't possible, whenever I felt like I'm not good enough and I can't do this and I, I don't have the, it's just not in me. I just had to realize that somebody else has already figured this out and I just need to find the right model to follow and have the right mm-hmm. mentors around me to help push me. Uh, and I've discovered, listen, if you don't have anybody in your life like that, people may be watching, listening, thinking, I don't have anybody who's like that. I, I don't know how to find someone like that. You can even get it through what I call aspirational mentors. You know, the people in the wall behind me. This guy is my favorite entrepreneur of all time. His name is AP Janini. I'm never going to meet him. You know, he died. But I can still learn a lot from him. And I can still be trained by him through content that he's put up and interviews and books that, that are about him. So whatever you want to do, somebody has done it. It's possible. Somebody with less resources, less money, less, less skills, less talent than you, they've done it. So you can do it too. If you just start to surround yourself with them and have that part of your daily routine, because your environment right now has been perfectly designed to keep you where you are. Thank you so much for, for sharing that story with us. And I completely agree with that message. Ever since I listened to your interview on the Book Thinkers podcast with Nicholas Hutchison and you explained, you know, the process of your book, your one word, and how for you that word's belief, it's kind of been going through my head, the importance of it. And I've kind of been thinking about it as a skill uh, where it takes, there's practices you can come at to make yourself better at believing in yourself. So what are some ways that you recommend people get better at the skill of believing in themselves? What are some actions they can take or some resources they could use to really increase that uh, capacity in themselves? Cause it's so, so important. Yeah. So two things, one is to be constantly inspired and pulled forward. So, you know, if you see what Nick did and that inspires you, great. Nick's putting out content all the time. Like that should be in your Instagram feed to see, Hey, this is what's possible is what I can do. I do it through my YouTube channel, right? We just crossed 400 million views on the main channel, which is crazy. Uh, But I still make my videos for me because I want to be around Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and Steve Jobs and these people. I want, they're not taking on interns or, you know, I can't just go spend a month with Elon Musk, right? So so I want to be around them every day and I use it through my own content. So I make my content for me and then I share it with the world. So every time I watch one of the videos, it, it pulls me up because it's easy to stay where you are. It's easy to stay comfortable and stay safe and not push for the next big scary thing. Uh, but being around them daily, whether it's you know actually in person, but more likely online through books, through podcasts, through YouTube channels, however you learn best, being around that daily to get inspired, to know that it's possible, to have the hope that I could do something as well because if you shut all that off and then you're just listening to your friends or your parents or your family um chances are they love you but they just don't have as much ambition as you and so if you're the most ambitious person that you know that's a problem now you guys have each other which is awesome maybe maybe one day kyle's down and and now you're pushing him or maybe one day kyle's on top of the world and he's pushing you right it's awesome to have each other but to be around people who are even much bigger to be inspired to want to take a next step forward that the people around you may not even understand. Like you're, you're going to start this show from your bedroom when your mom's like, you're going to do what? <laughs> this doesn't make sense. Like, Great. I'm doing it. Right. Because I've seen these other people do it. Right. Uh, step number two though. So inspiration is awesome. 
And that has to be daily, but that's not enough. You can be inspired to do something, but it doesn't count until you actually do anything, right? Just sitting on inspiration doesn't help you. So the next step is actually doing the scary thing. I have uh, two things that I use. One is if I say scary, difficult, or hard, that means I have to do it. Starting this show might maybe was scary for you. Starting the show, reaching out to people, having people come on, maybe that was a scary thing for you. Even Nick, I pushed him uh, in a, what we're doing, Instagram Live? I pushed him on an Instagram Live to say, you got to do, you're too safe. You're too comfortable. Like You're the guy who's all about progress. That was his one word. Yep. You're the guy who's, who's everybody looks to and says, look at how much you're doing. Look at, look at this account that you've built up. Look at the impact you're having. But dude, you're playing small. Like You could be doing so much more. You need to be doing something mm -hmm. scarier. And so that launched his, his podcast where now he's bringing on, I was his first guest, but then he's brought on Grant Cardone and all sorts of other authors who otherwise he, he might've been scared to reach out to, to say, hey, join me on my show. And now he's done this new scary thing. So if it's scary, if it's difficult, if it's hard, then you have to teach yourself that you have to do the thing. So it's getting inspiration. That inspiration is this momentary burst that gives you the courage to then go and do the thing because ultimately your belief in yourself will come from doing the thing, right? The question was, how do I build more self-belief? Ultimately, it's going to come from doing the difficult things. So the inspiration gives it the extra courage to do it. Then you have to go off and do it. Now doing a show for you maybe isn't as nerve wracking. It's like, okay, okay, we know what we're doing. We know, we know the setup. We know the technology. We know how it works. Kyle and I got a good flow going on. We know how this is happening. Maybe now it's reaching out to the next guest the next level up, the next, ooh, I don't know if that person's going to say yes, or ooh, I'm going to DM them and, and they read it, but they didn't respond to me. Ooh, it hurts my, hurts my heart. You know, like that next level up, right? And every time you take that next step, you believe in yourself to do that step again. Yeah, it's beautiful. And, you, you know, Nick has helped us and, and you helped Nick to, to go off of, get out of his comfort zone and, and create what he's creating. So it's, it's really cool to, to think about that in terms of your butterfly effect that you're having in the world. Like through one degree of separation, you know, you got from Nick to us because we recorded with Nick and, and he's been a good, a good mentor to us. But um, it's pretty incredible to think about how wide that butterfly effect could really be, um, you know, when you get one, two, three, four degrees of separation away. Um, but the next question that I have for you is <clears throat> how do you temper your beliefs to the people that are being directly affected by um, the outcome uh, yeah it's a balance and i think i don't think you're gonna i think for you if anything you're gonna have to go the other way like you have been you're so worried and this this i own a piece of this too you're so worried about being that guy that you're never going to be that guy but you have to be careful about not believing enough mm -hmm. you're not going to be the guy who comes up with this great vision all the time and is promising the people around you the moon and then not deliver. You're going to be terrified of under delivering the people. Like how much mm -hmm. in your life have you told somebody you're going to do something and promise them something and then didn't show up for them? Not often. Your problem is going to be the opposite. Your problem is going to be not actually taking a big enough bet when you should have. Your problem is going to be not actually pushing further, not going for that guest or not taking the opportunity because you're afraid of letting people down around you so much that you don't take the bold bet that you need to. And this is where Lewis or, you know, the people around you can, can try to catch it in you and say, no, dude, we can do this. Like your intention isn't to hurt anybody. Your intention is not to go off and create a fake world for people and promise them something and then not deliver. But 
as you, as you grow, like this is what keeps a lot of entrepreneurs stuck. And it's great to recognize this pattern kind of early on in life, because as you start to build a business, great. Now what you're going to, it's the two of you for now, which is great. But then what happens when you bring on team members? What happens when you've got 20 people working for you? How do you recruit the next people onto your team? You have to, you have to give them the belief that it's going to be better working for you than wherever else they're working right now. And then you have to work your face off to actually go help them actually execute it. So you're not promising something fake, but you have to create a, you have to help them believe in a better future for themselves and then actually work with them to make that happen. I'm, I'm, my biggest fear is disappointing people. My, my biggest fear is I'm going to let people down that I'm going to show up somewhere and that people paid money to, 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 to buy my book. And then they'd say, wow, that's a waste of money. That was a waste of my time. It's my, my biggest fear. And that held me back for a long time. And maybe probably still does in, in a bunch of areas. Um, I'm concerned I'm not going to bring enough value to somebody. And so I need to, but my advice to you is still what I need just for the next level, right? Um, just be aware of where you're not playing big enough because you're afraid of this thing. Yeah, thank you for, uh, that was a really valuable perspective there. I enjoyed listening on listening on that because I have a lot of context and everything else. So I think that was a really great answer. Uh, yeah, the, you could be the best friend to Kyle by doing that. It's like, no, this is Kyle. We're playing small here. We're not going to disappoint people. We have to, we have to do this thing. Absolutely. Uh, well, I think you're helping us uh, not play small by sharing this time with us because uh, you're a great, huge guest for us. So that's really, really exciting uh, and helps build our belief. Uh, so I have a question for you, kind of based on what you're saying about you don't want to be the most ambitious person, you know, you don't want to be the most extreme person, you know, because then, you know, you're capped at your own levels. Uh, you are one of someone I can clearly identify as more extreme and more passionate about self-development and motivation than I am, uh, which people around me would say is impossible, obviously. Uh, so someone like yourself who's read all the books and thought about every thought leader and every entrepreneur, what book have you come back to as the one you reread the most times uh, and why? None. I'm not a big reader anymore. No. Um, and what, maybe I, a video clip. Do you just yeah, over I, and over I, again, you can just watch. For me. Um, so I used to be a big reader. I think the key is, is learning more than reading. I recognize that I'm, I'm much more of a visual learner. So I'd rather see it than read it. Uh, so the fact that I can see you guys here, even if it's going to be an audio podcast, for example, is better for me because if it was audio only, I'd have to super focus and close my eyes and just listen to your voice because audio is the worst way for me to learn. Uh, so I guess what's awesome now is in you know, 2020, 2021, we've got so many ways to learn, whether it's a podcast or books or videos, um, but learning is what's important. I think the biggest thing that's helped me is I don't go back to watch any one video over and over again or read any one book. I'm sure there are some books, you know, um, Romance of the Three Kingdoms. The book is called Three Kingdoms. It's about the Han Dynasty, the Chinese warriors. Um, you know, I read that book every couple of years and always pick up something from it. But for the most part, I need the, I need the variety that speaks more to me than doing the same thing again. I find if I watch the same video 10 times, I know it's coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He did a great job there, but it doesn't hit me the way that it hit me the first time or the second time. Every time I watch it, loses its efficacy a little bit. So, mm. my solution to that has been to make my channel. I was going to say, yeah, your channel is a very authentic, clear answer to uh, that, that personality That's, match. 
that's what I'm doing so that I want to be around. We've identified here are the people that I want to learn from and I want to be around. And even so if we pick someone like Elon Musk, for example, uh, we've done, I don't know how many videos on Elon Musk, a bunch, even his message is fairly consistent of what he talks about and what he does, but his stories might change or the way he delivers it might change. It's always something fresh. And it's that push again to, to say, okay, yes, Evan, come on, we got to play a bigger game. Let's go. Like if you want to play a bigger game, Elon Musk is one of the great, greatest guys to learn from. Cause he's, he's thinking whenever, no matter how big I think, I think he's thinking about like backup plan for the universe, right? Like backup plan for the planet. We got to go to Mars. Cause just in case earth blows up, right? Like it's, it's just too big a scale compared to what I'm used to. So I like, um, I like being around those guys for me, but if I hear him say the same speech all the time, it's not going to impact me the same way. So I'm, I'm grateful. There's so much content being put up. There's so many interviews that are being put up that you can learn from. Uh, and so I need the variety. I need the variety more than reading the same thing over and over again. Yeah. And, and for me, it's like the power comes when you, you are getting that variety, but you're getting the same lesson over and over again. So you like, you hear something from Elon Musk, but then you hear it for, from, um, you know, your favorite entrepreneur there behind you, just in different contexts. It's like, wow, maybe there's, maybe there's something to that. Um, but my next question for you is uh, <clears throat> early on in your career, you were at rock bottom. I think when you're you starting your, your company, um, when you were 19 or 20 with a couple of your buddies as a biotech company, um, and you read deeply into Bill Gates and his philosophies, but what practice specifically was it about, um, Bill Gates operating mentality that you were able to apply to your business in order to get that first sale? Yeah. So I had a software company was struggling. I was 19 years old, making no money, 300 bucks a month, working every single day, my face off. Um, and just not getting any results. And, and I, I called my business partner. Uh, it might've been on a Thanksgiving. It was on a, it was on a holiday. Uh, we're filming this on Thanksgiving. So shout out to you guys for showing up. I'm in Canada. So we celebrate Thanksgiving early. So you guys are the ones on the holidays showing up. Uh, I called him and I told him I quit. I can't do this business anymore. I'm, I'm tired of feeling worthless and I need to do something else. And then I, you know, cried like crazy that night, barely slept. And I woke up the next day and said, I can't, I can't quit yet. Cause I think I'm going to regret it if I don't give it a little bit more, but I just need to find a different way to stand because what I've been doing has not been working. And I tried a million different things, Kyle. This was this just happened to be the one that worked, but I didn't have this like eureka moment that oh my god, my life is gonna is about to change. It was just another thing that I tried. I just asked myself, I can't be the first guy to try to build a software company before. Somebody, somebody must have done this. <laughs> Who's done this? And the only guy I could think of was Bill Gates, who started Microsoft. Um, so it wasn't like I did all sorts of research. It was this grand idea. It's just desperation who's done this and i looked at how bill gates started and he blew up microsoft through partnerships so he sold software and every uh his big deal came with ibm which was the biggest computer company at the time where every computer from ibm had microsoft software on it and that's the deal that blew up microsoft that they became a giant company mm -hmm. but microsoft is already a seven million dollar company when they made that deal with ibm and so that was 7 million more than what I had, you know, like, so how did he get to the first seven? You know, that's what blew him up. But how did he get to the first seven still through partnerships? So he found other companies 
who could potentially use his software. And instead of selling to one-off people like we were doing, he would made a distribution partnership. Said, well, that's interesting. Let me, let me try to find, let's try it. I mean, I've tried everything else. Let's try this. And within, I don't know, a couple of weeks, I had my first deal for $13,500 just using a partnership strategy. And that blew my mind. You know, I'm making 500 bucks a month. 13 and a half K may not seem like a ton of money, but dude, that was, that was money. That was money. Mm-hmm. Um, and more, it was hope. It was belief, right? That, oh my gosh, like finally something is actually working out to, to say I can do this. And, you know, I never met Bill Gates. I still haven't met him yet. Um, I'm looking forward to one day and telling him the story. Uh, I didn't even read a full book on him. I don't even know how I found that information. It's like, how did Bill Gates get started? <laughs> It's probably like a Google search or something. And it said IBM. And then it said Mitz Altair and all these other ones. Like, okay, that's how we did it. So let me just try it. And it was, it was as small as that. Um, and then it became the thing that, you know, once you, I think your purpose comes from your pain. So once you struggle through something and you find, uh, you know, the how to get out, you then want to keep doing it and teach other people how to do it too. So Modeling success was the thing that got me out of the hole I was in with my company. So what have I done for the past 20 years? Same thing, modeling success. I'm, I'm trying to teach you what I'm learning from Elon Musk and Oprah Winfrey and Bill Gates and all these people. Yeah, I completely agree. That's been one of the lessons that you know has been repeated to us in different contexts and is sinking in more and more deeply every time we hear it from a new person with a different example. It's really not that complicated if you just find out the problem you're trying to solve, ask yourself who's done this before and find and learn from them. And that builds your belief. Uh, we've been creating a summit where we've asked 30 successful podcast hosts how they've built an audience. Cause that's been one of the problems we were having early on was finding listeners and from having 30 interactions with people who are successful at that thing. Uh, it's really been helpful for building, building our confidence. Uh, but I have one more question for you since we're running up on our time. Uh, it's a quick kind of fun one. Which do you think has had a greater return on investment? Building a YouTube channel or learning how to dance the salsa? Ah, mm, that's an interesting question. I met my wife through salsa dancing. That, I told him that was going to be your answer. <laughs> that's a pretty good ROI. Uh, that's a lifetime ROI. I, I think I would, I would trade the 400 million views for, for my wife. So well, see, I'm asking, you know, as a single person, that's has a finite amount of time. I could spend some of it learning to dance. I could spend some of it, you know, snipping up podcasts and the more YouTube videos. And I'm like, you know, there's only one on a certain hour. I can only do one of those things. So, well, it's a little hard to go salsa dancing in COVID right now. Um, but otherwise uh, salsa dance is great because if you go to a class one, you're, you're out of your element, right? I didn't know how to dance. I didn't, I didn't learn. I mean, in North America, we don't learn dancing growing up like you might in other cultures, like maybe you're, maybe Louis, Louis is already an awesome dancer, but I sucked. Um, and so you're also in a group with other people who, who suck and you get to see, I think it's, I think it's so much better. If you're trying to meet somebody, it's so much better than just being at a bar or just having a conversation because you get to see how you actually learn together. Cause I think a successful relationship comes down to how much can you learn and grow and build. Even you guys are, you're in a relationship, right? Just a different kind, mm-hmm. but how well can you learn and grow together? Where if somebody, you interview one of those 30 people and they say, Hey, Kyle, here's what you need to do. And if Kyle's like, Ooh, no, I don't know. I don't want to do this. And, and Lewis is like, yeah, I want to do this. That's going to cause friction. Like how you deal with difficult situations while learning is super important. And you can get that through anything. I think dance is a great way to do it. So she's learning, you're learning. 
How do you have patience? How do you learn? How do you grow? Are you having fun doing it or just critiquing yourself and the other person the whole time? Um, that plus in a salsa class, you know, I, I, I then bought the studio that I met Nina at mm -hmm. and, and own it. Um, you know, we might have 40 people in the class, 20 guys, 20 women. We rotate you through. So you get to know all the women and none of the guys. But <laughs> that's usually what you're there for to, let, to meet the opposite sex. So you're dancing with somebody for, you know, two minutes. You learn something. Okay, thank you. Good to meet you. And then rotate. And you're, you're dancing, but you're also getting to meet everybody from the opposite sex. So uh, not everybody goes to meet somebody, but most people who come are, are single. Um, and it's a good, good chance to meet other people and learn together. So I think you can get that in a couple areas, but I think dancing is one of the easiest because you're automatically partnered up with somebody from the opposite sex. Well, maybe in the post-COVID world, I'll uh, come take a class at the studio. I'm going to do it. All right. I like it, dude. It sounds like real life Tinder. It sounds amazing. Uh, I think that we are up on our time. We want to respect you and what you've got going on, uh, Evan. But, but thank you very much for, for being here and, and for coming and agreeing to be on our podcast. We're really excited to have you and, and excited to, to put this out. Appreciate it, guys. Thanks for the love. And that wraps up our conversation with Evan Carmichael. We're really great to speak with him. Grateful to speak with him, especially on uh, Thanksgiving, which is the day of gratitude. So it was great to, to start the morning with him uh, kind of preaching at us and, and you know, getting answers to some of our, our biggest questions. Um, one of my big takeaways was just the fact that Lewis and I, you know, we've created this podcast and it's something great, but there really is a whole nother horizon that if we choose to look out there and, and try and see that, that we'll be able to see it. And, um, you know, just the, the, idea that we can continue to think bigger no matter what we've accomplished up until this point. Um, and then I would just say, you know, he, he produces a lot of content on motivation and on belief on his YouTube channel. And it's sort of like how, after watching these videos over and over and over again, have you not sort of gotten the point, you know, but to me and what I sort of learned or heard from him sort of between the lines is that like, motivation in the moment is limited, but if you can continually, continually surround yourself with these sources of, of positive energy, like in the form of Elon Musk or Warren Buffett, as you see on video behind him, he's got four, um, you know, huge entrepreneurs just posted up right behind him whenever he's talking. And it's all just um, a, a positive environment uh, around him that allows him to be his best self and be as, as creative as he needs to be to sort of run this empire that he sits on top of. Um, so yeah, Evan, grateful to you for, for coming on and for, for speaking with us. Yeah, I completely agree with your takeaways. And I think there's a ton of, a ton of value there. I think thinking bigger is always such a productive exercise and can open. Once you uh, lift the limits of your thinking, you lift the limits of your life. That's a quote I really like from the one thing by Gary Keller and Jay Papasan. A couple of my big takeaways, I completely agree with you about kind of how it's so interesting that someone like this, whose whole MO for four or five years has just been making motivational videos. Like why, why are you still doing this? And I think it's, I think his answer about my question about what are some practical ways to increase your skill of motivation and your skill of excitement is you need not need, but it's productive and it's helpful to have sources of motivation on a daily basis. I think something we should all be honest with ourselves is that most of the time, majority of our environments maybe just aren't that motivating. Just 
being around people who are satisfied with their life, that's not going to motivate you to go do bigger things with your life. That's not going to motivate you to work harder or take risks. You need to find ways to expose yourself to those circumstances. And even someone like Evan, who literally produces these videos and is Mr. Motivation, still feels that, you know, maybe just the majority of people, just because the majority of people you encounter maybe are just happy on the road they're at. And if you want to live bigger, they're going to have to find that to be that source of motivation from somewhere externally, or at least it's, it's helpful to, and making it a daily habit by watching his videos, watching his clips, rereading the same books, having posters and other tangible uh, items and tangible manifestations of motivational concepts will help you re-get into that state of mind and get to that state of being on a more frequent basis. Another really cool idea was the concept of dead mentors. I like that one a lot. I think it's a common excuse that a lot of people have about the difficulty of finding mentors. And this is something I think that's pretty easy to smash uh, as a not valued, not valid excuse for not being able to find a mentor because lots of people, whether you know it or not, have written books and autobiographies and guides to this, guides to that. There are more resources freely available to anyone who is capable of listening to this podcast on any of those subjects. Evan's favorite mentor of his, someone he looks to most often for wisdom and ideation and ideas and as a kind of reference point for like, what would this person do in this situation or what advice would that person give me? Literally someone who died before he's even born. So if that's not a valid way of seeing another person as kind of your council of advisors, then I don't know what is. Uh, third idea here, I lost count. Maybe it's not the third one, but one I really like uh, and one that is especially true for Kyle and myself that I can relate to is the idea that motivation comes from action. So one, yeah, watch motivational videos, read good books, talk to cool people. But the other way that you actually build motivation is by building momentum and action uh, by actually doing things and seeing input lead to output and cause lead to effect. You start to believe in yourself more and realize that and you just have fun doing it. And so in the context of this podcast, we could be motivated to start it, but the most motivating thing more often than not actually comes from doing it and getting hyped up doing these conversations and meeting these exciting people and putting episodes out there and seeing what happens. That's more motivating than any conversation or any resource could be is actually doing the thing and seeing what happens. I think Evan's a great role model for being prolific. He puts out so much content and that has opened the doors for so many different avenues of discovery. Uh, his way of kind of just being so willing to come on smaller podcasts like ours and share his ideas with us. Now that might make one person might listen to this, get on Evan's 254 days of motivation email list and become a humongous fan. So it's still worth it uh, to be that prolific and kind of say yes to opportunities like us. And, and the last thing I have to say here is about dancing. I definitely in the post COVID world want to get into that because uh, sounds like Evan, Evan made a pretty good sales pitch. So I'm going to try to take him up on that and maybe even travel and go to a studio in Canada if if the spirit moves me. Uh, super cool meeting him. Again, like you said, Kyle, in the Thanksgiving spirit, even though we're recording this on the Cyber Monday spirit, uh, it was so cool to meet him. I'm very grateful for him for sharing his time with us, sharing his wisdom with us and answering our questions. And I hope you all enjoy the conversation as much as we have. If you want to support the Lewis and Kyle show because you enjoy listening to us, the most important thing for you to do in this episode, at least, is to leave a five-star rating or review. That helps us more than just about anything else you can do. Uh, unless I give you a different tip next week and say that is the most helpful thing you can do. But this week, I've decided just one call to action, leave a five-star rating or review on Apple iTunes. And if you like this episode, you'll probably like another one of our episodes. So just scroll down the feed, find one you haven't listened to before, and give it a play. Uh, that's all for this week, and we'll see you in another week with the next episode. Have a great one. Thanks so much. Thanks.